Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Hospital Podcast number 33. And I'm in the studio today with my esteemed guest, Chris Blue Martin. Hello, mate. Good afternoon, Coleman. Good afternoon, Riley. Hello, hello. Fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting ready for takeoff. The classic Future Proof by Blue Martin. Is that you on sax, Chris? Yeah, yeah, me and Kenny G. Closest buddies, you know. Come over here, mate. You're you're miles away. I can't even see you. Stop hiding. You're the most frightened guest I've ever had on my show. I'm holding hands with Riley. Can't keep away from him. Irresistible. See, Riley's a bit like the Stig of Top, <laughs> of top Gear, only if you imagine the Stig in kind of negative, like in reverse. Riley is everything that the Stig isn't, but he's just as mysterious. So I don't blame you for holding his hand. I was rubbing his neck earlier. I know, I saw. Okay, so, uh, wow, 11 years old. This track. Not yeah. you. It's <laughs> still going. I feel it. Still going. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you don't look it. I know. I know. Didn't you say to me uh, I was one of the few people in from base that makes you look uh, young? Um, yeah, I think I Bastard. did actually. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really good that night. Thanks for that. <laughs> Wicked. There aren't many people who make me feel young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it wasn't it wasn't the way you look, it was the conversation. No, the, no, it was the no. way you made me feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't rescue it now. Moment's gone. Well you brought it up. You must have liked it in a kind of masochistic <laughs> kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Elder statesman, you know. So yeah, eleven years. Eleven years ago. Can we can we can we go straight back to the start and um, can you tell me like when the first record was released by Blue Mile Ten? Uh, it was just before this. It was '96. We yep. started writing in '95, and about eight years after, our, eight, eight months after our first session, then we uh, we released something which was on on a label actually run by Shane at Heathlands. You know Shane? Yep. Okay. Um, Hello, Shane. Uh, him and a guy called Walter who works at Masterpiece. Uh, they had a label called Way Out. Um, wow, didn't know that. Yep. Uh, well, it only had three releases. Something at th- the first one was from Intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second one was from Us, and the third wa- third one was from somebody called Low Life, who uh, was Rick Salmon, who was at Ministry of Sound, and now is some big shot in a major somewhere. Really? Have you ever run into Rick Salmon? I've never run into Rick Salmon, but Rick, if you're listening to this, you sold out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> Podcasting is all about making friends. This is Hospital Podcast number 33 with London Electricity and my guest Blue Martin. Maybe we should retitle it Nazi Germany Podcast. What do we feel about that? According to one esteemed broadcaster in our genre. Heil. Heil. Maybe I shouldn't even go there. Sorry. Scrub that. Playing off CDs here. These look like CDs to me. No, these aren't CDs. Well, that yours was. I asked you to bring some music in, some classic Blue Martin. What did you bring in? CD? What's going on? CDs weren't even invented when you made that tune. I know, bringing everything up to date. You know? Where's the dat, man? Bring the dat in. <laughs> this is one of my current faves. I love this track. This is called Their Names Were Trot and Melon. And I, I spoke to Mr. CLS and he told me why it's called that. I know the story, but go on, tell it again. You probably, can you remember more of it than I can? Because all I can remember is he said his bird had a dream. And all she, she can remember when she woke up was yeah, the ending of the dream, it, yeah. which was their names were Trot and Melon. How cool is that? Wasn't there another title? There was another, there was another title that he what, had. What was it? I don't know. I, you talk about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, my memory is fried. Old man. Yep, absolutely. You're not making me feel young today. Put 
from the album Weapons of Mass Creation, Volume 3, on Hospital Records, which I'm so proud to present. It is not true. One of our best albums ever. Our very best compilation ever. Hitting the streets as you listen to this podcast. This is CLS. Chris, something I'd like to, uh, to talk to you about. Shoot. Um, have you got a day job? Uh, at the moment, but it ends next week. I'm doing something temporarily, yeah. Does it end next week because you spent all your time on DOA? <laughs> no, it ends next week just because it was uh, uh, some temporary work that I was doing for a friend of a friend. Um, but no, normally, no, just music. I did have a job for years and years and years and years, years but now just music full-time and DJing where I can. What? The usual struggle. So I'm interested, like... When, when producers have got kind of a real life or had a real life mm-hmm. at some point, what was your proper well, job you had for years and years? All and years? three of us, all three of us in Blue Martin work. Two of them, the other two, do still work full time. I, for years and years and years, I started when I left college. I went to art college, and I left and I started working in the call centre, like <laughs> so many people do. Jesus Christ! And uh, and I grew up in that industry and I ended up just working in call centres data houses and marketing companies and da 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 you know real soul destroying stuff so uh, come on come on come on what was it what was your job was that it? just call centre call centre well and I ended up uh, actually owning a call centre and data business seriously yep had my business yeah but we closed it down about 18 months ago um, and uh, just been doing music full time and Leo Leo works at iTunes well, yeah I know because like I heard a rumour that the only reason that you keep Leo in the band is, <laughs> is so that he promotes your music on iTunes. Is that true? Absolutely not. <laughs> so so, so he's, he's got no conflict of interest though whatsoever? Uh, uh, none at all. None at all. In fact, he works really hard to keep the world separate, I've got to be honest. I wish he'd, I wish he'd uh, have more of a conflict of interest, to be honest. <laughs> What's your day job, Tony? I've been asking myself that for quite a long time. Um, Home base. It's kind of doing this and looking after the chairman a little bit. <laughs> but only, I'll stress a little bit because the lady culminator, she's the real work, the workhorse of the family. Yeah. She's dedicated her life to the chairman That's and uh, he's a lucky boy.
but no, my, my real job um, before I went full time was I was a teacher. Were you? Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. What was your subject? Music. I was a music teacher. Where so did you teach? When people like to say I look like a geography teacher, <laughs> they're wrong. I look like a music teacher. Where, where were you teaching? Uh, Islington Sixth Form College. Um, that must have been easy. Skinner's School for Girls <laughs> in uh, St- Stamford Hill. That was the hardest job I've ever had in my life. And it did lead to a medically certified nervous breakdown. Really? I had pupils. <laughs> I had this girl. I was teaching piano. like They dilated pupils. Yeah, I was teaching piano once well. I had this girl, she was like 14 or something, and she wasn't practicing. She was like, she's not working. So I said, look, if you don't practice your scales and that, I'm going to drop you and you'll have to go back to doing science. And she looked me in the eyes and said, sir, if you drop me, I'm going to call Childline and say you've been molesting me. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? <laughs> it's shocking. I, I feel so sorry. What was sorry. her name? What was her name? Come on. Let's, let's, come on, cannot, let's do it now. Shame. Cannot let's remember. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca, I can't remember your name. <laughs> Why are you interested in uh, people's day jobs? Well, I'm interested in everything about people who make drum and bass because, you know, all we normally get to hear about is like, yeah, things are good at the moment. Yeah, it's the golden <laughs> age. And like, yeah, yeah, I did my first tune on this, and then like, yeah, and like, it's good, you know, I use Cubase, and my favourite plugin is Waves. Yeah, it is boring. It's like, okay, fair enough. But, you know, I like to I like to know what's behind people, what, what actually made them into who they are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a common, it's a pretty common misconception, I think. There's a lot of people out there who think producers and DJs just swan around the world and get paid to play in places. I don't think they really can imagine that actually the, most people, the vast majority of people, spend their days in offices quietly thinking about killing themselves just like everybody else uh, yeah. except in the evenings they don't go home and watch TV they do something else they do this yeah. they do this stuff with it they do something yeah. constructive or, yeah. de- or destructive depending on the music yeah. Yeah. because good music doesn't have to be constructive no that's right it can be wholesomely right. destructive as well yeah well uh, look at look how tired I look <laughs> that's, uh, that's the end result of uh, doing it for that long I think it's, it's very true um, a lot of people sort of say, oh, what have I got to do to, you know, to make it, to get my first break and everything. It isn't like that. You don't get a first break. You slog away. Yeah, that's right. And uh, almost every producer I know, apart from one or two who've got rich mammies and daddies, um, have to work in day jobs and then make their tunes at night and at the weekends. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's right. And you give up. You do give up a lot of the stuff that people take for, take for granted. Girlfriends and TV and going out for drinks and losing a Sunday because you were too wasted on Saturday night. All that stuff goes out the window. That uh, doesn't apply to a lot of us. Yeah, so take note, people. When you make drum and bass and you try and make it, don't do it because you want to make it. Just do it because you like doing it. Do it because do it you love it and, and you love doing something special. And sooner or later, as long as people get to hear about what you're doing, it will happen. What would you say is the thing that you look for most if people if people are sending you demos or that you were going to be interested in somebody in their music and their character what's the thing that would capture your interest most just something I haven't heard before that's all I mean I, I listen to over a hundred demos a week and um, I, I listen to something I've never heard before that's that's number one obviously a certain amount of technical you've got to know that someone's got it technically they don't have to be up, right up there but they you know they need to show that they've actually got it and they can maybe improve what they're doing if it's needed but 
some kind of it's the ingredient X you know it's a cliche but that's, that's what I'm always searching for is that kind of thing you know shit I've never heard that before that's wicked that, that's what I like to feel to be interested in a tune that makes it quite hard for people to uh, angle something at you <laughs> The, the thing I hate the, the most is when people angle a tune to me. It's like, you know, you can tell when people make tunes thinking, oh, I'm going to make this for hospital. Because I would never sign a tune. <laughs> At least never knowingly sign a tune like that. Because the whole, the whole point about expanding your sound is, is having fresh influences and fresh input. So what do you think the sound, the hospital sound is that people think it is? I think people do have different conceptions. I mean, it, I get annoyed when people go, oh, yeah, man, it's a liquid label. Because we're a lot more than that. You know, I mean, that term's really dated now. To me, liquid was always like internet drums with a kind of Fender Rhodes and, you know, and, and a little kind of house acapella vocal samples. So th- th- things have moved on since then. But, you know, we, we just release good music. That's the way I look at it. But it's drum and bass. Who's interviewing who, anyway? Generally interested, you know. So, Blue, Blue Martin, um, so I know you and I know Leo. Yep. I don't think I've ever met the third one. No, the third one is, um, uh, it's fair to say, he's a sociopath. He doesn't come out. He never goes out, ever. Uh, Are you allowed to say his name or not? His name's Michael. Michael. Hello, Michael. <laughs> and he, uh, I met Michael when he was about 15. I went to art college in Manchester and he was working in record shops with, um, Intellects and Sappo and I and that's where I met him just hanging around the record shops and he moved down to London and um, he was uh, using our studio writing his own stuff and gradually just became absorbed into the into the mass and uh, but he's he's He's, he's a sociopath. I mean, every time he goes out, he manages to offend somebody. He might come out tonight. Wicked. He might come along tonight. So if he comes along, then I'll uh, introduce can you, you. Can you ask him to offend me, and then I can talk about it on the next podcast? I, I, I he, he hates going out, uh, but there's a part of me that's quite pleased he doesn't. It's I like a lot, the a lot of production teams have, have someone like that. Like Matt, Matt Scientific, for example. He never I've go, never met. I've he, never met. Very, very rare. He does occasionally go out, but he's not, he's not you know... He's not a clubber, um, and uh, but he's like such an essential part of their sound. He kind of he's the man who really gives their sound the kind of psychedelia uh-huh. that makes it different from all the other drum bass that, that, that's out there. He writes techno and stuff as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and ambient and stuff like that. I mean, another another one that comes to mind is like ST Files. He used to work with Marcus Intellect yeah, yeah, yeah. as as Mist. Still does as Mystical. With yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's another one, you know, doesn't doesn't DJ, yeah. stays in, he's the kind of like yeah. the genius sort of Yeah. You know, so I mean would you say Michael was Michael Michael's just a, a studio. In the studio, what, what is he in the studio? Is he, what he, does he do? He loves he'll work on he'll work on a snare drum for like four weeks on the first transients, the first few the transients in the first few milliseconds of a snare drum. He loves it. He just it, he'd be happy just to do it and never release another record as long as we live. Um, that's what he's like. He's just pure, pure technical. He loves, he loves the technical You absolutely side of it. need someone like that, don't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he brings. He's the person who's always saying it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. While me and Leo are just going, yeah, it's fine. Bosh it together. Smack it out. It'll be fine. He's the one who always says it doesn't sound good enough. We're talking so much, I forgot to mention uh, what we've been playing. The last tune was Forgotten Souls by Bungle off Weapons of Mass Creation. 
And this is a demo that uh, I've just received from um, from our very own Zach Viber. Uh, lovely piece of music, Zach. Get on, mate. Zach runs the hospital web shop. Fuck! <laughs> Zach, you cunt! I forgot that French people always make their drum and bass tunes really short. Sorry about that. <laughs> Come on, Chris, introduce this. All right, this is uh, this is by us, and it's a track from starting over on Weapons of Mass Creation Three. Who's the vocalist on this? Uh, the original one or the revocaled one? This one. <laughs> this is a good friend of ours called Camille who has uh, done a few different bits for us. Um, some of the vocals on our new album, which is just about to come out, and some uh, some other bits that are forthcoming. Uh, and I think she's been maybe talking to Danny Bird actually about doing some stuff. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone who talks to Danny Bird. <laughs> But that's a good look. She's a wicked vocalist. She's very, very talented. Yeah, and it was actually, the original vocal was Kathy Dennis, is that right? Uh, yeah, for some reason you wouldn't touch it. I don't know why. This is actually better. What do you think? I do think so, yeah. Like Camille absolutely smashed it. <laughs> Little podcast number 33. I'm in company with Chris Blue Martin. So, Chris, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Apart from grabbing you by the way. <laughs> well, uh, if you're in London, I'm quite often out and about, and I'm very approachable, so you come and talk to me in the club if you're really desperate. Uh, I, I can second that, actually. He's very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have a good com- com- conversation with Chris. Um, uh, other than that, the usual uh, internet stuff, uh, my, uh, MySpace, which is uh, myspace.com slash bluemartin, probably one of the best ways. Or, and uh, if you look on that page, actually, there's my AIM address and MSN address with... I'm big believers in making ourselves accessible to people. So. Also, every thread ever on DOA has got at least yeah, one, one post by you on it. <laughs> Somebody pointed out the other day, actually, I had an average of like 32 posts a day or something. I had no idea it was as bad as that. And I don't understand because somebody said, oh, you should go out more. I don't understand it because I'm out all the time. So I don't understand when it's happening. 
Yeah. Maybe Riley's doing it on yeah, my behalf or something. It's really weird. Do, do you do it on Blackberry or something? I, I have no idea. I don't know when it happens. Really? Maybe I black out and just post 300 posts a day. Maybe you sleepwalk, but you just go on DOA when you're sleepwalking. Looking maybe at, that's why you're so tired. Looking at the quality of uh, some of the posts, that's it's possible. It's possible. Now, um, I, I was thinking about, about this earlier because you're probably the most positive regular poster on DOA. In what sense? Positive. Positive as in, like, not a hater. You know, you're well-balanced, intelligent, you think things through. When you say hater, what do you mean? Expand on that, Tony. Why don't you? Okay. Um, haters. I've actually only ever had one hater on DOA, but there's quite a lot of haters who just generally just like to kind of, like, snipe at things and snipe at people and, you know, just generally kind of, like, if there's a negative response to something they will respond negatively. Do you know what I mean? Why do you think they do that? Because I think the thing about haters is they've either never had sex (laughs) or they've never had good sex or they want anal but they then ask their girlfriend for it. It's definitely rooted in sexuality for me. Right. Discuss. I I, I can't possibly follow that up. Um, I'll... I'll have a think about that and when somebody posts about it on uh, Dogs on Acid then I'll talk about yeah. it <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of why else you would just sit there like carping on about shit and sniping at people when there's a lot of better things you can do with your life do you know what I mean have you ever, have you ever read anything about uh, yourself or the label that's really upset you I mean genuinely kind of stuck there was, a bit there was only one like I say there's only been one proper hater towards me I've, been, I've got off quite lightly um, and uh but yeah, you know, it's, I mean, when you're when you're a certain size as a label or an artist, I suppose if you get a lot of hating, it, it kind of means that you mean something to people. Absolutely, no such thing as bad press. So the fact that I don't get much he- hating means that I don't mean that much to people. <laughs> Come on, can you hate more, please? Yeah, nothing worse than being ignored. a man we mentioned earlier, Mr. Danny Bird, been sweating his balls off in the hospital studio, as you can smell. <laughs> it's a tune called Labyrinth, which he's just completed. Marvellous piece of work. Danny's actually the first artist we ever signed to hospital, and um, he's finally coming through now, <laughs> after nearly 10 years. Slow kid at school. He's a perfectionist. Too much of a perfectionist sometimes. <laughs> but one of the most talented people I've ever met. If you do have the chance to catch Danny Bird playing out, I advise you to make a special effort turning into a phenomenal DJ. Yeah, he really is, actually. I was quite shocked. I played with him in uh, Bristol, I think, in December, and I'd, yeah. never, I'd actually never even heard him play out before, and I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought just a standard DJ. He turned up and slammed it out. I was yeah. amazed. Yeah, Smashing really good. It. Yeah, really, really good. Also, Danny Bird um, has started an, an audio production school as well. 
Uh, he's doing workshops around and about the place. Um, sorry, Danny, I forgot the URL of your website. Please, please forgive me. I'll read it out uh, if you email it to me again. But if you're an upcoming producer, you can do a lot worse than to attend one of his courses. Actually, we uh, when we're writing, we AB a lot of stuff, a lot with uh, Danny's stuff, just to make sure uh, the production level is up there. Really? So got, yeah, yeah. We've got oh, quite wicked. a few Danny loops that we just compare to all the time for the, for the brightness. Danny, that's an honour, mate. You're an AB artist. <laughs> that is cool. Danny Bird will be lashing it out at Hospitality at Heaven on the 25th of May, along with High Contrast, Dillinger, London Electricity, Blame, New Tone with Natalie Williams, Scientific, Logistics, Dynamite MC, Diane Charlemagne, SPMC and MC Rec. Room 2 is Subtitles, TV back-to-back with Calix, with Noisia, Break, MC Ruthless and Stapleton MC. Room 3 is Forward, Dubstep in the House with ELB, Benga, Youngster, Hatcher, Horsepower Productions, Landslide. Room 4 is the Part-Time Hero Sound System. going to be an immense night advanced tickets on sale now from the hospital shop and ticket web I've had emails from people from the east coast of the USA the west coast of the USA who are flying over specially from different parts of Europe Christopher, tell me about this new artist that you've discovered. Uh, well, he's not my discovery. He's uh, a guy called Mr. Bishy, and I think he... Mis- Mr. Bishy. Mr. Bishy. Okay. And uh, I think he writes under the name Mr. M-I-S-T-A, and uh, he sent me a few bits a few months ago that were really, that were very nice, very sort of um, commercial suicide In fact, I think he did have a release of commercial suicide um, last year. Right. Uh, and But he's been quietly writing away. He was in Leeds. Uh, 
and now he's in London and uh, he came to our studio last week and with a with a CD of stuff absolutely blown away just track after track after track ranging from really deep sort of intellecty clute sort of sound to dirty optical basses and he's he's really playful just uses loads of uh, guitar pedals and just very experimental and he's not afraid of doing things just very slightly differently drugs as you can hear I like So yeah, he's basically got about eight albums worth of amazing stuff that he's been sitting on. So we're going to try and uh, dig I'm it out. I'm going to get his phone number off you before we put this podcast up. By all means. <laughs> get him in quickly. <laughs> You were telling me earlier that you've cut a dub plate of this, is that correct? I have indeed. As always. Because you are. You are a soldier. Well, uh, maybe I'm old-fashioned. Or maybe I'm too rubbish a DJ to really cope with CDs, I don't know. But I I, I do like my dubs, yeah. It's true to say. Now, now, we've all uh, all been harking on about, you know, stopping the war on vinyl and everything. (laughs) Have we? And it's stirred a little bit of a debate. And... uh, yeah, we've been called Nazis. Um, are, you, are you pleased with how the debate's gone so far? I'm pleased that there is a debate. Okay. Simple as that. You know, because that, that's all it is, it's just about talking about this. And uh, there are certain aspects of the debate that have gone on a little bit too long and have gone a bit boring. But one thing you said, which I really liked. Now, you see, we're talking so much on this show <laughs> that we're, I'm not even thinking about mixing the tunes together. Um, most of you are thinking that's a good job. Um, but one thing that I've, that you said is that um, you actually anthropomorphise your vinyl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You think of your vinyl as 
Your record box is a living, breathing animal. Yeah. Well, you know, you've been enough, enough airports on your own, you know, late at night and da da da. It's kind of nice. It's like it's like having company. You know, it's like another another mate with you. That's how that's why I think of it. It's a you know my record bag. It's something that I sit on, and use as a pillow. You know, provides a little bit of comfort. Keeps you well behaved when you're on tour. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you company in your hotel room at night. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, there's some, there is something kind of human about it that, I, you know, a wallet of CDs, this isn't going to give you nothing. Yeah, it, 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 certainly, it certainly breathes a lot more than, than a pack of CDs or, or a laptop, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. But that isn't the reason that I can't dance, <laughs> just for company at airports. That'd be quite that, a good that would reason, just be a bit, well, Yeah, it'd be a bit weird. It would be a bit weird, yeah. <laughs> Anybody wants to know more about Stop the War on Vinyl, go to MySpace slash The War on Vinyl. Or is it just War on Vinyl? MySpace slash War on Vinyl. So uh, why do you why do you still play uh, dubs and vinyl? What, what are your reasons? I mean, I, I will always only play that because I love it. I just love it. I mean, but what is it about that you love? I love the feel... I love the sound, I love the fact that all the tunes have been professionally mastered, so when I play them I know they're going to sound wicked when I play them out. I love the fact that when I choose to cut a dub plate, I'm committing £50 to two tracks, and therefore I'm really, really careful about what I cut, and I think about my set before I decide to cut something. I think about, am I, is this going to really work in my set, is this going to push the boundaries of my set, am I committed to this tune? Am I going to try and break this tune? And I cut a lot of stuff that isn't on hospital. And and I like to try and break tunes. You know, I like to cut something that's unusual and really go out there and bang it and get used to playing it, work it in my set and try and break it. I'm, I'm never going to be one who just like has a database of 10,000 tunes with me and just plays one tune once and then, then realise it doesn't work. But I, but I could play it because it was on a CD or my laptop. You know, it's, I like to restrict myself. I think... I think that those kind of having boundaries and having like limitations is what makes you more creative. You know, I think yeah, things things being easy isn't always a good thing. No, having too much choice can like mean you spend your whole time choosing and not doing. Yeah. Uh, often, if uh, we spend a lot of time talking to younger producers trying to help them out and all the rest of it, and on forums and all the rest of it, and the point they they do go on about having this and having that technology to hand. The point I always make to them is, in my experience, generally when when people can do anything at all, actually most of the time they end up doing nothing. That's that's usually what happens, and I think probably it's the same same with DJ. I mean, we've all been in that situation in the studio where you know you say, right, I'm going to spend two days in the studio, and you spend two days updating your software yeah, and installing new yeah. plugins. <laughs> I've been there, so you get nothing done.
from Weapons of Mass Creation. You've just heard Electro Sound by Sonic. Coming in is Space Station Crew by Scientific. Chris was just saying that this, this tune sounds wicked at 33. Oh, the other one, Electro Sound. So, Chris, tell us about your album that's coming out. Uh, our album that is coming out is called Blackwater, and uh, there's not a shred of drum and bass on it, which is great. <laughs> uh, why? What, why is there none on it, and why is that great? Um, there is none on it because we spend probably more time writing non-drum and bass than we do drum and bass. To be honest with you, um, I don't think I don't think we could write drum and bass all the time. We go mad. There isn't enough scope in it really to to do what we want to do. Controversial. Well, I don't trust anybody who just writes drum and bass, and I don't really trust. That means you don't trust me. I, I don't trust you at all. I've got Actually, my, I knew my that wallet's already. in my back. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, I'm always, I always feel a bit sorry for people who spend month after month and year after year trying to perfect their snare drum so, you know, so one DJ will play it in their set. Uh, I think that's just such an impoverished way of looking at music. Hater alert. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's like eating chocolate cake all the time, you know, you just can't do it. Um, you got to have some salad and some fruit. Uh, I've got to totally disagree with you. I think there's so much scope within drum and bass to express different styles within it there is but there are there are rules that I it has to be a certain speed for one thing it has to be no there are, there are very 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 set rules you can do lots within those rules don't get me wrong we do but and everybody does but there are other things there are, there's more to music see I, I look at this, rules as know. an opportunity to break rules it's like it's an opportunity there to, to break yeah, the rules we do as well we do as well but I think there's there's just more there's just more you know if I want to make like a one and a half minute tune you can't really do well you could do that in drum bass but the chances are you'll just get ignored you know you won't really get any support you know? or if you want to make like an 11 minute tune a tune that has half a tune with drums and half a tune without drums yes. or a tune that switches time signatures if you try any of those things you will get ignored in drum and bass you know that, that, that that's, a, that's a sad fact but it's the way it is and that's fine it doesn't bother me at all uh, but anyway <laughs> as a concession <laughs> yeah as a concession to the drum and bass crowd we have uh, got various remixes from singles for the album. Uh, uh, we got remixes from some Saber and Cubics. Oh, wicked! Um, yeah, various bits and pieces. This is something you've done recently, which is what, a uh, remix of The Architects. Yeah, and actually we did this last year. This was, um, the original tune is called Altitude, and it's by The Architects. I remember like, I remember buying The Architects album. I actually bought it in, I didn't know who they were, and I bought it in a shop in Tokyo in about 1998 or something. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was about that sort of time. Yeah, this, this track, album. the original actually came out in 90, 
six, and uh, and we at the time we had our studio in uh, Manor House, which was just around the corner from the Architect, and uh, and we actually went round there when they were writing the original track and saw it and just thought, oh, you bastards, this is a great track. Uh, so it was really nice ten years later to have the opportunity to to remix it because it was always one of my favourite tracks. The title of the track is Altitude. Um, it's on Basement, and so this will be out soon, I think. I'm not sure when. On Basement. On Basement, yeah. Big shout to Ink. to an extended hospital podcast I'm in the studio with Chris Blue Martin extended because we can't shut up we've got so much to say bare wafflers enough waffle
beautiful piece of music. It's going to have to come to an end at some point. I'm sorry. And we're entering the twilight zone of trackitdown.net. The top five most downloaded drum and bass tunes on trackitdown.net. Sound like this. What's the number five, Chris? Uh, number five is uh, Fabulous Laos and Panda Style, all-time classic. And number four, one of my favourite tunes with no light to guide my way by CLS on Critical Music. got everything is different from your very own high contrast big up to the Lincoln chart is rigged if you ask me you what chart is rigged too much hospital I promise it isn't the next tune's not on hospital and number two Disco by Chase and Status on Ram. Number one, it's Avalon by Blame and The Pedge. Do you know who The Pedge is? Uh, no idea. Blame's talked about him a lot. I don't think I've ever met The Pedge. I've never met The Pedge either. He sounds to me like a creature more than a, more than a person. The Pedge. I think, I think he's called Pedro. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met him. Pedro The Pedge, if you're in town, come down tonight. I know. Yeah, we're playing hospitality tonight, <laughs> but this isn't going up till next week. That won't work, will it? Pedge, come on. <laughs> come and see us. Show your face. Say hello. that does bring us to the end of our discourse it's been a verbal essay in the didactics of drum and bass I've got more questions for you have you? do it another time something quick there's nothing quick too much of a waffle I can't do it 
you think people know how long you've been making music for? Like your, your audience know you've been writing music since the 80s. You might take it by surprise. Yeah, my first record came out in 1988. What a shocker. Is that why you, you think you're maybe not so bothered about people slagging off the label or saying this and that about the base? You've got some nice perspective on the whole situation. Things come and go. What do you mean, like, when you've been around as long as I have? Sort of I was syndrome. trying to think of a polite way of saying it, but I simply couldn't, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one that you can't flush away. I'm the floater. <laughs> Finally liberated. The London Electricity remix of Hard to Beat by Hardfire on Weapons of Mass Creation 3. Thank you to Chris Goss for making Warner Brothers' lives of misery until they agreed to us releasing it. Well, Chris, I can see we're going to have to do a part two sometime. Anytime. Thank you very much for coming down. Thank you very much for having me. It's been nice to see you all. And I wish you the best of luck with your album. Thank you. And uh, say hello to the rest of Blue Martin. I will. To one. Leo and to the mysterious, yeah, yeah. reclusive Michael. Yeah. One will one will say hello back. The other one will just shrug and stare at the monitor again. Okay, we're out of here. We'll see you again very soon. Thank you.